Welcome to the Blonde Runner podcast with Coach Laura Erickson, where she shares her healthy living tips as a running and triathlon coach and mother of four. Hi, Coach Laura here, and recently I recorded a podcast giving five tips for run training. So I'll have you listen to the reel, and then I wanted to just expand on it a little bit more and explain each of the five tips. Coach Laura here, and we are about four weeks out from the Rock and Roll Salt Lake City Half Marathon and 5K, so I wanted to give you five training tips. One, incorporate good race nutrition into your training. This way you'll know if it works for you when it comes race day. Two, make sure that you're getting specific with your training. If you're able to train on the race route, do. If you live in another area, look up the race route and try to do something with a similar elevation profile. Three, incorporate interval training at race pace one to two times a week in your training. That will help you feel pacing and you'll be able to meet your goals. Four, don't skip your warm-up and cool-down. Number five, incorporate heat training into your training. To learn more about this, go to Instagram, The Blonde Runner, or you the Healthy Living Podcast on Spotify. Until next time, for what? Coach. All right. Thanks for listening. I wanted to just go through each one of those and talk about them a little bit more. So the first one was incorporating good race nutrition into your training. And I know for some people, they're like, what is that? What does that mean? And a lot of times you can just ask around and see what other people are using. You can go online and look it up. I know I have some YouTubes uh, that I've put together uh, videos talking about what I do for nutrition and what I've seen my athletes doing for nutrition. I think the biggest thing, again, is testing it in your training. One thing that I think you need to really identify is what works well with your stomach. Do you do better on liquids? Do you better do better on solids or you know, can you tolerate gels? And one thing I'll mention with the gel is a lot of times there's a difference in viscosity. So some of them are very thick, some of them are thinner, and some people just don't do well with gel at all. And so they'll, usually that's what's provided on a course, on a race course, and you can certainly look that up. But you may consider using more solids. A lot of people like the beans. Uh, other people will use like uh, chews or chomps or things like that. Um, you have to decide what works well for you. Generally, a simple sugar works really well. And then making sure you're getting the hydration that you need. I have a YouTube, like I mentioned, and it talks all about how much uh, nutrition and gives you all that. So I encourage you to look for that and listen to it. It's about an hour long, but it goes into detail on all of that. But again, I would also encourage you to write down what you're doing and see what works well. If you, you know, when you make notes, also know if you are not used to using nutrition and you start using it, you may get a little little woozy and it may not actually be from the food. It's usually because your, your, your blood volume isn't enough to digest and to work out. So as you get your body used to eating and working out, your body produces more blood volume to digest and also feed those muscles as they need to. So keep that in mind. So keep trying different products, make notes of it in your training log, and um, then you can fine tune what you're doing. Uh, Everybody's a little bit different. So definitely check that out. Okay, tip two that it talked about was getting specific in your training. And I mentioned if you can 
run the race route, run the race route, or look for a similar elevation profile. This is really, really important. Um, I also want you to know a lot of races in Utah are run downhill. And so I would caution you against running a lot of downhill in your training because it's hard on your body. Um, up A lot of uphill can be hard on your body. So I do think even if you're training for a course that goes downhill, doing some rolling hills are really good for your training. Uphill is good for downhill, actually. So the important thing is making sure you have good form and that you're not hit what's called hip dropping. If you don't know what that is, I highly encourage you to reach out to me. Um, I do running form sessions where I actually go through and show you things. And if you're listening from out of state, I actually do it online as well. It's best in person if possible. So if you can find a local person, that's awesome. But I also do do it online. So, you know, so that is what I'm talking about is making sure that you're running efficiently. And then of course you're getting more specific with the race, with whatever race that you're doing. Um, the, the tip, the third tip that I shared, I mentioned interval training at race pace. This is really important. And this is something that a lot of people, especially if they're beginners, don't really understand how to do. So I did want to go into it a little bit more. An interval, basically I'm using interval as a very light, like a very loose term, because it can mean a lot of things. In my perspective for this particular, these, these races are the ones I'm talking about for the rock and roll that or that's coming to Salt Lake City is a half marathon or a 5K. And so it's really nice to do, usually with speed work, you want to do anywhere from a one to three minute interval or even longer intervals if you, if you can tolerate it depending on what level you're at. But if you can do, you know, even three to five minute intervals at your race pacing, that will help you, your body can't know that pacing. If it's never felt it before, it's really hard for it to do it. You can't just run slow every day and then expect that you're going to do a race a lot faster because that's not what happens, obviously. And so in intervals are obviously something that you can push a little harder and then have a recovery segment and then push a little harder. It, the idea is that an interval or speed work, depending on what you're doing it for, but a lot of times what it what it helps you do is to start learning, teaching your body how to maintain faster pacing. So uh, a lot of people may, maybe don't understand what their pacing could be or should be. Um, I like people to do what's called Yazo 800s at the track. If you're doing either marathon, you can actually do them to estimate even half marathon pacing. So if you are unaware of what that means, you can certainly look it up online. I do have it. If you go to my website at blonderunner.com, type in Yazo 800, it'll come up and it talks about that workout. But that's a really good thing to do. But I do encourage you to do some sort of speed work once, at least once a week, if not twice a week, when it starts getting this close to a race. We're about four weeks out from the race I keep talking about. So whatever the four weeks out from your race is, you definitely need to be incorporating speed in. And if not, you should be doing it even before. So I always like some, you know, to do speed work as well as pacing work. That like threshold type workout. And you can look those up. Um, but I do have a podcast I did on definitions of running. And actually, I was so surprised. I was going on for, on for like an hour. And I could have went into detail on each of these definitions. But I, if you're a fairly new runner, even if you've been around for a while, you may consider looking that one up and listening in because there's a lot of things people just don't understand about running that they need to if you want to do better anyway. Um, and hopefully you do set goals for yourself for that race 
And a lot of people struggle with knowing what is a realistic goal for them. I do consultation sessions on that as well. And we, I like people to actually design a plan for their race. And so it's not just like figuring it out as you go. You, you should be able to um, pitch hit a little bit. You know, if, hey, this isn't working or your stomach's feeling a little wonky, you might have to change things. But at least if you have a plan in place to begin with, that's really, really good. So a good race is a well-executed plan, and I'll actually be doing a podcast on that in the future, so look for that. Um, tip number four is don't skip your warm-up and cool-down. I didn't elaborate on that at all during the, the short clip you listened to, but this is something that when people get they get into their training and it's this far into the season, sometimes they get worn out and they get tired, and they tend to to skip things. You know, oh, I don't really need my warm-up or cool-down. And that's exactly how injuries happen. So take, even with the athletes I work with, if they come late to a training, maybe with the youth kids I work with, I make them do the warm-up. They don't just jump into the training, the hard training, without that warm-up. Um, they'll just have to miss some of that or make it up at the end. So your warm-up is key. It's really important. I do have a video clip going through dynamic warm-up. What does that look like? What does that mean? Please look that up. I think that's really good for you to understand. And then cooling down, you know, you can, I always, I like to call it, especially I do this after I do a race. When I get home, I always do a victory lap, which is around my block and I, I jog easy. And that's what I like to call my cool down is victory lap. So, um, and it's just around the block. It's not, it doesn't have to be very long, but the idea is that you're kind of toning your body down. Um, I do this a lot too. If other moms are listening in often when, once you walk in the door, it's like your mom hat goes on and you don't have a second to yourself. So sometimes I like to wind down a little bit after my run, kind of think about, you know, how, how did I do? How, how, how do I want to, you know, I don't know. It gives me a little more time, I guess. And so just something to think about. So definitely get the warm up and cool down in, look those up. If you don't know what those mean, and I'm, I'm sure I'll be doing future podcasts on that. So, so listen in. Um, the last one is, uh, tip five is incorporate heat training. Now I just did a podcast on this and this is really important, uh, especially if you're going to be racing in the heat and we are at a very hot time of year right now. This is July, uh, mid July for Utah. And there are lots of places in Utah that get quite warm. Not even, you know, my areas is not quite as hot as Southern Utah, but it's really important to understand what you need to do. And you don't want to get too much heat training where it's detrimental to your pacing. If you, if your core temperature goes up, that affects your ability to run as fast, obviously. So, um, and staying hydrated is really key. Uh, if you're, if you get dehydrated, your blood volume goes down, your blood pressure, usually sometimes it can go up. It depends on what's happening with you, but oftentimes you don't have the blood volume to get to the muscles and your body is, gets overheated even more and it becomes more and more and more of a problem. So listen in on that and see if you can improve anything that you're doing. I do give you tips, tips for staying cool. Even if you're doing um, some heat training and practicing some of these things, these are some of the things you can actually do in a race scenario as well. So practicing any way that you may race, even in the heat, and what you would do to maybe mitigate the effects are going to be useful. So um, I was I helped volunteer to race at a, a aid station today, and it was it was getting pretty toasty at the end there, and I saw 
I saw a lot of things that I would encourage people not to do. And that would be like some people were wearing black. Some people were wearing like a hoodie, like really hot. Like they've dressed too warm. Um, others were a, a running backpack, which you can do like a running pack. Um, but I would say stick to lighter colors for sure. And whenever you have a pack on your back, it prevents you from cooling because it, it gets hot on your back. And so but it does give you the fluid. So you have to kind of determine that. Um, I've actually frozen or put ice in my water bladders for my backpacks. And that's an option for you too. So that's kind of an extra tip I didn't really share on that other clip. So thank you for listening. You get all these little things that I'm talking about. So I am excited. I did want to let you know that I have a whole series of five tip uh, clips that I will be doing on different uh, aspects of running. So if you have something that you've thought about that you have questions about, please send them in. A lot of those questions are answered on my podcast. And so I love to have that direction and I want this to be valuable for you. So thanks for listening in. Hopefully that was helpful for you. Until next time, live well. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Healthy Living Podcast. Be sure and check the show notes for resources or links that we mentioned in the show. You can also find them on my website at blonderunner.com. B-L-O-N-D-E-R-U-N-N-E-R.com. You can also find me on Instagram at theblonderunner with an E and Coach Laura Erickson. And that's L-O-R-A. Before you forget, I hope that you will... Um, follow this podcast and like it so you don't miss an episode. Also, it really helps if you leave a review so other people can find it um, and share it with your friends. Until next time, live well.